It's the Listen In Podcast with Jake and Sean. We are back after a two-week hiatus, which has become more common lately, Jake. But hey, life gets in the way. You know, we started this podcast uh, when we were but but mere 23-year-olds. Right. We're so... I, I, <laughs> I was so much older then. I'm younger than that now, that's, Jake. That's right. Life gets in the way, man. What can it we does. say? And um, big, big shout, by the way, to Quinn Callahan... Big friend of the pod. Who, Huge friend of the pod. Who is still chugging along through the episodes. You a real one. And 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 <laughs> tweeting. Like, I'm not even on Twitter anymore. But has tweeted at Listening Pod. So when you're talking to Listening Pod, that's me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, I, 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 so I want to say that. But thank you for listening. Also, a uh, big shout out to my brother Matt, who's been catching hey, up. You know what, actually? My little sister texted me today. She started an internship. And she's like, I'm, I'm living that office life now. She's like, I get podcasts now. She's like, I know why people listen to them. I was like, oh, what have you been listening to? The only podcast I have downloaded. Your podcast, Sean. So I was like, fuck yeah. Like, that's great. Does she like it? Yeah. She's been flying through them at this internship. Oh so like, you know, I mean, the ad revenue is just, you know, days away here. Our ads with Google and me undies. That's right. And, uh, and, and Nature Box. <laughs> Nature's Box. <laughs> <laughs> what are some other ones that are like? Uh, well, Stamps.com used to be a big one, but not so much anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, podcast advertising has just become advertising. Like, there used to be specific products that were like, oh, that's a podcast. It's a neat, yeah, it was like thing. niche. Now it's like, dude, fucking insurance companies are, are advertising. The word's uh, out. Sonos is a big uh, yeah, Sonos. Uh, podcast one. Um, yeah, Rich Uncles. Yes. Stuff like that. Yes. Cash App. I actually finally broke down uh, and bought myself some MeUndies, Sean. Oh. Your because life will never be the same. I realized, what the hell am I doing with now? Myself? You're going to be spending twenty five dollars on a single pair of underwear for the rest of your life. I just bought a new three pack a do couple they, weeks ago. Do they last? I just got rid of a handful of my first batch of me undies that I bought five years ago. You bought them five years ago. I was finally like, oh, I should get rid of, or four, 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 five. I've had them for four or five years. Oh, that's crazy. And I was like, yeah, I should probably finally get rid of these. They're starting to be a little stretched out and faded. But like honestly, they fucking last. If you just have a rotation, it's the micromodal. There, it's that. Yeah, this is this is this maybe is an ad. I don't know. I almost made the mistake though of buying the ones without the fly. Oh, see, you don't I want. have the ones without the fly because I don't I don't fuck with a, a fly. I'm a over the waistband guy. You don't you don't use your underwear when you're peeing in the urinal. Nope. Ah, oh, you go all. Hmm. I I that's reminds me of one of my. Favorite lines of dialogue in Atlanta when um, Ern and uh, I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, oh, um, you know my, uh, what's his? Oh man, oh, yeah. I'm blanking on it too. That's bad radio. Uh, fuck yeah, the rapper Paperboy. No, but Paperboy's roommate. Oh, um, yeah, I don't exactly. Remember. Okay, anyways, they're getting his Darius. Darius, thank you, God. They're getting his passport renewed at like the Jewish place or whatever. And they just have this conversation where they're like, do you use the little hole on your boxers? And both of them were like, no, but I feel like I'm doing it wrong. And they're like, yeah. And then Darius is like, but I do use it when I'm wearing a suit. And I was like, yes, that's the most accurate fucking thing ever. That's great. It's like the only time I will do that. 
if the fly is available to me, which it's not on any of my underwear anymore. But So you're an unzip, then reach yes. up to the waistband and pull the waistband yes. down yes. through the zipper. You're not an undo your belt and button Oh, oh no, I am an undo the belt, undo the button, oh, all unzip the way. my pants, pull down the waistband of my boxers, and then do it. Well, whatever family members we had listening are no longer listening. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, big shout out to you guys for yeah. sticking with us. We have we do have music talk today. Big shout out to you guys. Yeah, couple big news items here, Jake. A few big news items. Three new, uh, well, more than three new singles. Technically, four new singles, but by three artists that are, you know, huge for us on this podcast. New two new singles from Bonnie Vare, a new single from Sandy Alex G. And then a new single from Whitney. Mm-hmm. And that comes with two new album announcements from both Whitney and Alex G. I think we're getting a new Bon Iver album as well, but no official announcement yet. He's definitely touring, which is... Yes, exactly. That came out. So, a lot of new music here. What, what are your general thoughts? Okay, so I listened to all of these songs. Um, strangely enough, it's not what I expected to say. The one that stuck out with me the most on first listen was that new Whitney song, FTA. You know, it's interesting because... Forever Turning Around, I think, is what it means, because that's the lyric he was yeah, saying over and over. Sense. Now, you, we both really enjoyed uh, Light Upon the Lake yeah. when it came out in 2016. Uh, we got to see them perform at Newport Folk Fest. Um, I think as much as I liked that album when it first came out... Um, I got away from listening to it and maybe got it in my head that I didn't like it as much, weirdly. And so I think that colored my expectations of a new single or new music from them where I was like, oh, it, it, won't, be, it won't be that good. I'm realizing, I think we just listened to that album so much. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of done with it. But as soon as I heard this new single and, you know, Whitney writes these songs, these beautiful songs in a way that only they can kind of do. And we both looked each other at, looked at each other when like that slide guitar came in yeah. and we're just like, okay, we're, we're hooked. It's beautifully recorded and it has this like really rich sort of like guitar intro, um, interesting chords I thought. And like the, the, this really nice production with, I think a little bit of strings and the, in the horns that they, yeah. they bring in. I always, I can always forget always about forget. the horns yeah. with Whitney. Um, Really liked this track. Definitely excited to hear how it plays into the new album. It seemed yeah. like maybe it's not even one of the biggest songs. So yeah, because it felt like by the time the lyrics kicked in, the song was more than half over, right? Yeah, and it felt like maybe it, like it was this really sort of rich instrumental song. Almost like an intro track or like an interstitial one. Who knows? We'll see. But I'm very excited for it. I also really enjoyed that Alex G track. Me too. First of all, we both love the fact that kind of the artwork motif resembles what he's had going on in the past i what is it about artists that keep the same kind of look and feel for their album art that speaks to us um i think we both have the brains of collectors yeah we do people who like to categorize and have things like sorted in a way that looks neat yes and that really happens with this so like the way the album cover is composed like Rocket had the goat or whatever it was yeah. on it with the with the te- like that kind of like animated font that right. says Rocket. This one has a figure skater yeah. in kind of the same position that the goat was with a similar looking kind of handwriting that says House of Sugar yeah. on it. This this song Gretel was really cool. Had kind of like um, definitely seems like he's moving in a sort of little bit trippier, a little bit not electronic necessarily, but a little more. Uh, 
certainly less folky and, and acoustic well, instrumental. you know, if you picked out Sports Star, True. or you picked out, you know certain tracks off of rocket you would say the same thing so yeah that's true you know i think we maybe have to wait and see what the rest of the album is like or what the, the singles will be like but i'm very excited for new alex g speaking of um artwork that remains consistent i just want to say my two biggest kind of not regrets because it wasn't i didn't have any say in it but the two albums that i wish kept with a theme, pattern pattern is that last Japan Droids album. Mm. And then this new Vampire Weekend one. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I, I wish all of those just stayed with the same, like, border. Because they both had a border. Yeah, border looks them. nice. You know? Like, a- anyways. A border's nice. So, two new Bon Iver Yeah, tracks. now this kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it was... I, I mean, I didn't really see it coming, but I guess why would I, necessarily? Yeah, well, I mean, Justin Vernon keeps busy. So, even if he's not putting music out under the Bonnie Vare moniker, he's still involved with stuff. Like he Constantly it's he had the Big Red Machine album, um, with one of the Desner twins. I never know which one is involved with what. Honestly, I think they're like the same person. They're they're speaking hey, speaking of Christian Bale in uh The Prestige, the Prestige spoiler I alert. think that's what they're doing. They are. Or like what John Oliver says about Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. They're just the same person running back and forth <laughs> very fast. Yes, I think that might be them. That's the Desner brothers. But So Justin Vernon's been pretty active. He is the Eau Claire Festival in, in Wisconsin. He has some other festivals he's helped curate or been involved with. Um, you know, he's popped up on different collaborations. So like he's a busy guy, obviously. But Bonnie Vare is definitely, I would say, his flagship uh, you know, are we forgetting and discounting the Armand Edison, Sean? <laughs> you know what's fucking crazy? What? I don't even know what you're talking about. That's his previous, that's his earliest. Okay, band, okay. The Armand. I was Edison. like, because you know, I actually listened to. I was just shuffling some songs, and I heard a Volcano Choir track, and yeah. I was like, shit, like this is really good. Also, like, just inverted. You know, yeah. so um, two new tracks, kind of out of nowhere. New album coming soon. I'm very excited. We both love Bonnie Vare. I will say, has Bon Iver reached a point in his career where, like, the new music he puts out, just by the fact that he's been going for a decade strong now, like, can't be as groundbreaking or interesting as it was? I think that's fair, yeah. I mean... I, I like both these songs, but, like, I think they sound a lot like 22 a million stuff or, like, things we've heard before. Yeah, no, I, th- I had this sort of the same kind of feeling where I was like, okay... These are good yeah. Bonnie Vare tracks. I'm excited to hear anything he puts out. Um, I didn't get a sense from either of them when I first listened that like I'm going to be obsessed with these songs right. for any amount of time, really. I was happy to see uh, to hear um, uh, Moses Sumney on yeah. on uh, Man Like You, yeah. styled as you, parentheses, man-like. <laughs> right. Which is right. like, Justin Vernon has evidently like an allergy or an aversion to normal structures <laughs> of names of things. Like if yeah. it doesn't, like Justin Vernon, basically the rule of thumb for him for naming a song is you can't, you must include a character that's not immediately typable on like an English alphanumeric keyboard. <laughs> right, right. It needs to it be needs like... To be like sideways cross symbols. Yeah, like a rune. <laughs> yeah. Like Justin Vernon Seriously. has like invested in in like ancient 
te- sc- like scripts. Yeah. <laughs> Where you need the fucking Rosetta Stone to know yeah. what he's trying to say. I feel like he has has probably purchased more keyboards <laughs> to type what he needs to type. I feel like because like this song has to be called Upside Down Fish, <laughs> right? Like backslash backslash sixty seven million <laughs> all in caps like archipelago. Yeah, sideways. Um, exclamation point. <laughs> I feel like that dude's life took a turn when, for probably the better, but I think the amount of weed he smoked with Kanye, Rick Ross, and that whole crew out in Hawaii while making Twisted Fantasy, and then with Yeezus, he just set him on a path where he's like, I don't I don't see the alphabet or numbers the same way anymore. I was going to say, like, it's funny that you went there because I was going to say, that's a guy whose life has been permanently altered by the <laughs> yes. amount of weed he's smoked, right? Yes, without a doubt. And he mentions it on this new song. He's like, smoke some dope. It's like, yeah, yeah you did, dude. Yeah, dude, you do probably at all times. <laughs> right. You probably are always in the middle of smoking some dope. Now, of these three artists, we, you know, we really enjoy all of them. What... Uh, of the three, how would you rank your excitement in terms of new albums yep. from the three of these? Um, it's tough. Interestingly enough, I think you go Alex G. Whitney Bonnie Bear right now. Just if you're asking me right now, I would go right now. Just based on how much I liked FTA, Alex G. Yeah, but I got I got to take into account like your history. I do with think Bonnie Bear and Alex G. are on another level than. Whitney, but That's, I think Bonnie Vera is on another level from both of them. I think. Oh, I agree. Yeah, in yes. terms of fame and actual Excitement, success, I'm gonna say Alex G. Bonnie Vera Whitney. That's fair. Yeah, yeah that's totally fair. Yeah. It's honestly, it's just because on the heels of hearing that totally. um, that track just now, it like was much better than I expected. Because with Whitney, I was in the same position you were, where I was like, ah, we'll see. I feel a little out on Light Upon the Lake. Not like out right. like I don't like right. it, but out like I don't really want to listen to it right sure. now. Also, Sean, I wanted to bring up, before we get into our hot thoughts, the, the two albums we're talking about today, um, a news item, uh, Mitski announced that she's, um, ta- after she finishes her tour or whatever it is, she's taking an indefinite break. Interesting. From music. And she said... When did this... Well, or from, uh... from touring at the very least. She's not quitting music, oh. she said. But um, she she said she needs to live like a normal person again. She needs to have a place to live. She said she hasn't had a real home in a long time. You know, time. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think we discount how much of a potential negative impact touring life has on, on artists, even ones that are successful. And, you know, I think if I were an artist, especially one who I kind of had like a breakout couple years like Mitski has had... I think I would probably be like, all right, tour hard for a year, year and a half, whatever. Almost burn myself out on it, but make my money. Yeah. And then sit on that, maybe license a song or something in a movie, a commercial, whatever. Make some money off of that. Then you have a little bit of cushion to do your next thing. And then, you know, if you want to tour, you can tour again, but not maybe as at a breakneck speed or whatever. But she's been touring a lot for for the last few years. That's exactly what she said. So this this is what she said on Twitter. She said, y'all, I'm not quitting music. Me, quit music. I've been on nonstop tour for over five years. I haven't had a place to live during this time. And I sense that if I don't step away soon, my self-worth slash identity will start depending too much on staying in the game in the constant churn. Follow-up tweet. She said, I don't want to make art like that, especially... When you're offering your valuable time and hearts 
and money to it. So I hope uh, you'll have me back whenever that is. Or if I start over, then I start over. I'm not sure if I understand what she means by that. Thank you so much for all your support. Wow. Seems like that, the way that's worded to me seems like that could be a pretty substantial break. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen this with uh, a lot of artists. And I think the more the music industry gets kind of like crunched down by, you know, streaming, the internet, technology, whatever. Touring ends up being the way that these artists make money. But, you know, they're trying to fit in all these dates. You can burn out. Um, I, I... that's that must be a really hard life. So and I respect it. What, what, what has she done except give like classic album after classic album seriously. for all that time? Yeah, I so mean, like, good for her. Good for her. I'm very happy I got to see her as a part of the uh, yeah the, uh, be the cowboy tour. It was an excellent show. Probably the best show that I've been to in the last couple years. Um, now, kind of wish I had gone. Yeah, but it couldn't was, go. It, it was excellent. So yes, best of luck to Mitski. Hope we get more music, but definitely take a break. Uh, let's talk about some of these new albums that came out, Jake. So I think the two we want to hit on um, are one, this new Faye Webster album, Atlanta Millionaires Club, and then two, um, the new Kate LeBon album called Reward. Reward. That's right. Thank you. Um, we want to start with. So let's start with this Faye Webster one. This did, I think this got best new music. It got a seven point eight. Seven point eight. Okay. Well, I'd been seeing some some positive reviews of this, and I checked it out, and it's actually a pretty quick listen. It's only 10 songs, 31 minutes, and the way I saw this described, which I think is pretty accurate, is like R&B with pedal steel. Yeah. And like, I am so in on that. So am I, because I think as anyone knows who listens to the podcast, I think both of us are pretty big suckers for pedal steel, lap steel, slide guitar... Anything that makes it with a, like a, f- a fretless kind of <laughs> wine, yeah, uh, I'm very in on. Yes. Um, and based on your recommendation to give this album a listen, I did. I've been really digging it. Me it's, too. it's super cool, it's, and I think that's a perfect description. Is yeah. like it is R and B kind of mixed with a little bit of country, um, and there's elements of both. There's like, yeah, R and B is perfect because it does have these sort of like weird jazzy chords in there and like these interesting moves that aren't quite country right like because it, it kind of has elements of then, both in uh, there. the second to last track has like a, a rap verse in it you know which kind of seems like it'd be out of nowhere but actually sort of makes perfect sense by an artist called father which is yeah interesting so it's like this artist uh, Faye Webster, Atlanta Millionaires Club. She's clearly from Atlanta. She mentions it a few different times throughout. When you think of Atlanta, or when I think of Atlanta, I think of the trap scene. Yeah. And, and I think of... The show Atlanta. Not this music at yeah, all. and trying to grind in the in rap. Yeah, make exactly. It rap. So it's cool to like see the, the tapestry that is the Atlanta music scene yield something like this um yeah I, I i've been really enjoying it i think the song johnny is yes, a standout thank that, you that's, yep. that's literally the centerpiece of the album um and i think what used to be mine is a great track right side of my neck is really good but johnny just the horns in there and mm-hmm. just kind of that melody really gets me I, that was an immediate add to my best songs of 2019 playlist what i like about the way she sings it i noticed it on hurts me too probably on parts of right side of my neck too um I always like it when an artist can sing a melody in a way that I'm not predicting. Yeah. Because that doesn't happen all the time. Like, there's like a lot of, if you listen to like rock bands, after a while, you're like, okay. I know what's coming. You hear the start of something. You're like, it's probably going to go like this. And you kind of predict it. She does some stuff where she zags a little bit where I thought she was going to zig in terms yeah. of like 
the musical decision she was making. Um, I can't really articulate it better than that. That might not make a ton of sense. It makes sense. Um, but I definitely felt that way on on Johnny and on a f- couple of their songs on here. Kingston's good too. Um, Johnny's great though. I agree with like um, just the way it's produced and like just the way she sings it is so perfect. Um, this is an album that I keep going back to. Oh yeah. Um, and honestly, have only listened to twice so far, but it's already made an impression. Oh yeah, for sure. And this other one that came out, and this one did get a best new music on Pitchfork. Yeah. Uh, this is the Kate LeBon album Reward. Um, you know, this is <laughs> I. I don't want to say like an indie album, indie album, like an indie, indie's indie album, yeah. you know, but like it sort of is. It's, it's like, I don't even know how else to describe it besides like, yeah, this is like an indie, it's not even like an indie rock album, but like mm-hmm. it is. I, how would you describe it? So the way I've been thinking of it is like, to me, this album reminds me a lot of, um, of 70s Eno, like the album Before and After Science. Um, or some of the stuff he collaborated with Bowie on, like on on Low. Mm. Um, it's not exactly like that, but it has this kind of like some of the tones she uses on the guitars and instruments, like some of either the synths or like the I don't know if they're like keyboards or like even xylophones, but yeah. they have some of those like really punchy, um, like not a lot of sustain sounds on the on some of the keyboard sounds and like. The guitar riffs are these really angular kind of like, um, I don't know, in a way that it reminds me of that era of of like the experimental rock coming into ambient a little yeah. bit and intersecting with whatever else was going on with glam. It is stuff. a mashup of different sounds and genres in a lot of ways. I feel like the 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 headline thing, like someone would probably call this a folk album. Yeah. But, but that's like, a, but like, it's not, you know. Like, I think I saw it described as folk and country. Yeah, and I was like, but that's not totally accurate. Not I feel like. really. I don't yeah. think. I mean, the the standouts to me so far on this album have been "Home to You." Home to You is excellent. Here it comes again. Yep. Um, I really like "Meet the Man," the closing track. Yeah, a lot. Um, and really, honestly, like every song throughout, I've been like really digging this album, and like I, I it does, it it strikes a nerve that I think that like. A lot of artists aren't doing right now, and it, yeah. it's, it, it definitely is carving out its own thing. I got to check out what Kate LeBond's about. I didn't expect to like this as much as I did, but it was so immediate to me. Um, I agree. Home to you is a highlight. Daylight Matters, the second track, is also really good. I, I actually think Daylight Matters, Home to You, Mothers, Mothers Magazines, those three are really, really good. And you know what? This one isn't even necessarily a favorite but it gets stuck in my head it's magnificent gestures yeah and it has that lyric her heart is a skip drip 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 and it's just like that whole drip 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 thing it just gets stuck in my head no i get that there's like a silliness almost to this but like i don't know i i gotta spend some more time with it but like i've been really liking it and it leads me to another uh kind of just observation about 2019 so far if i go back through and look at a majority of my favorite albums from this year or the ones that have really resonated with me a lot of them are by female artists this year i've been thinking about that almost all of them i've been thinking about that a lot and that shouldn't be like a revelation or even something to like point out but like no but here's something to explore and i think because we remember back i think it was our 14th episode ever we did an episode about women in music that's right which is i think a risk yeah. For <laughs> yeah. two white guys to do. 
um, who right. have only ever known basically privilege. Right. <laughs> right. Um, to talk about. But I was thinking about today and trying hard not to pat myself on the back too hard for it. <laughs> yeah. But I was having the thought that this is the first year where I, my favorite albums have been predominantly by women. Yeah. And also, I haven't been thinking about right. it that much. Yes. Like, it occasionally occurs to me that I'm like, oh, like the albums I'm listening to right now are, are this Faye Webster right. and this Kate LeBon album. But also, Wise Blood. Also, Jessica Pratt. Also, Solange. Like, it goes down the list. Like, there's more and more. And it has become, for me, someone who consumes a, you know, a good amount of music and you more the norm for me and I don't I think if you asked me in 2015 or 2016 there would have been a part of me that was that was a little more back patty on myself for being oh, like hey 100%. I'm listening to this album by this female artist because even back then I remember I think one day I just looked through I was like I want to get a sense of in my music library of the stuff that I generally like and listen to what's like the breakdown I only had like a handful of female artists that I was like yeah this is one of my favorites yeah and it's like now that has shifted big time. I think we just listen to more music now, but still, it's like that was only f- three, four years ago that I think that was the case. Yeah, and I think that it has. There's and like yeah, on the top of the show we talked about we talked about Mitski some yeah, um, who has become like one of the like a pretty mammoth premier yeah yeah one yeah, of the absolutely. biggest uh, artists for us. So um, I just was I was having that thought today. So when you bring it up, like I, I think it's. Sort of worth noting. I mean, it's, it's not, again, not to give us credit. No, it's just, it's interesting. I was just actually like kind of emboldened by that fact. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's like cool that not only are, not most, but at least half or more than half of the artists yeah. I'm listening to and really loving are female. Uh, but it's not even, it's less of a consideration now for me. I don't think about it as much. Yeah. Uh, quick note before we get to release Radar, because I think that's all we have left, right? Yep. Okay. Um have you had a chance to watch the I Am Easy to Find short film? I have not. It is really good. It yeah. is actually excellent. Um, I highly recommend it. It's it's not even half an hour. There, It's basically the story of just a woman's life. And it's the same actress. Um, is it Alicia Vikander? Yes. Is it who it is? Yeah. Yes. And it's it, she basically plays herself from a, an infant up through an old woman. Um and just like all the different things she goes through during life. And there are a handful of songs from the album that are in it. Um, but the songs that they did include are kind of like re- reworked or of slightly different versions where like Matt will be singing sections that they had female vocalists singing on the album or vice versa. Um, this like really resonated with me. Hmm. I think a lot of the stuff that we talk about lately of just like, oh man, like life just keeps going. This short film will like really put that into context and kind of fuck you up in a way okay. like about that. Okay. It's really good. Um, I feel like I'd be here for that. Yeah. It, it, I almost think you can't fully understand or appreciate the album without seeing it. I, I have to be honest. Like there's certain lyrics, songs, themes in the album that are made more clear and highlighted by seeing the film. Let me ask you this, as, as, I mean, I think we're both obviously huge national fans, but, you know, you are maybe the biggest national fan I know. Um, with a few more weeks of hindsight, a few more weeks to live with it, how is the album sitting for you? Um, I think my original assessment of where it ranked in their discography has firmed, firmed up, actually. Yeah. Um, I think... 
I think this album's really good. I think it is too long. I think there's some points where it the quality isn't as high as past national albums in terms of consistency. Uh, what I've been doing over the last few weeks is basically like just going back to certain songs rather than listening to it all the way through every single time. So certain songs have like way more listens than others. Um, but I also love that this is like, this is exactly the right album for them to put out right now. Yeah. Like I'm glad they put this out. I think it's perfect in its own imperfect way, if that makes sense. Like um, I think the the film was a really interesting way to kind of, see it through a different lens and for them to have a different kind of muse or opportunity to like put their music out there. I think the production and kind of direction from Mike Mills really helped unlock some stuff that maybe would have been tamped down by them just interacting as a band. So, you know, is it their best album? No. Is it their worst? No. Um, but I'm glad it's out there. I'm glad we have these songs. Uh, you know, I was thinking too, this decade, every time the Nationals put out an album since 2010, it's been my album of the year. Mm-hmm. So 2010, High Violet. Well, well actually, Twisted Fantasy's right there. I don't know. But Trouble Will Find Me and um, Sleep Well Beast were my albums of the year. So you could argue for a third of this decade, the National have put out my album of the year. That will not be the case this year. It, it like that can't, won't be. It can't be. It won't be. Because like... I'm still listening to Wise Blood, and that album still is fucking awesome. Yeah. And, like, Big Thief is fucking awesome. I even think I've listened to The National more, but I think that Vampire Weekend album's a better album. I'm 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 actually, like, definitely, like, a little surprised to hear you say that, but also, like, feel a little... I feel better about the fact that I think that now. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I also really like the National album too. And it's like, it's hard too because like we love that band and it's like with bands you love, even if they put out something that's not uh, like generally thought of as being great or objectively great, you're still going to like it maybe a little bit more and that's definitely the case with me. But, you know, it, uh, there's a handful of albums I like, a, like considerably better than uh, I am easy to find as much as I do like it. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, that's oh, absolutely. And I'm like, I'm, I'm totally cool with it. I think what would actually be interesting is maybe next time we record, because um, it will be about mid June or late June, is if we did our annual mid year assessment where we just picked, you know, what are the ten albums that resonate you reson- have resonated with you the most so far. Um, we have to do it. Yeah, we got we do, it. and then maybe some songs as well that have really stood out. I think that'd be fun. That'd and be kind great. of like a benchmark of where we're at. It's been a strong year, album wise. I think like very, very strong. Really, really strong. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm actually excited to look back and see what those albums. I, you know, I, I was taking a, a quick look the other day, and like something even like that Helado Negro album is so good I was like fuck that album's awesome is that even gonna be top 10 like I don't know I was thinking about that album the other day this is how much like so we've been talking about off the mics but a little bit on the podcast just how much as we're getting a little older life just goes fast and shit gets crazy and you can't believe how fast time is going so I had that song uh, that one that's like running running running, yeah that's that's a highlight I had that stuck in my head the other day and I was like when did that album come out and then I was like, I think that was this year. 
I had to really think oh about it. God, I had to yeah. really think about it. I was like, that Hello Auto Negro album. I was like, was that? That's a 2019, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And it is for it's sure. Crazy. But like, man. I had forgotten because it all just becomes part of the same. I know. Stew. I know. Milieu, if you will. It's true. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see uh, some of your favorites. Like, I, I think we obviously know like Jessica Pratt, Wise Blood, Vampire Weekend. You know, like those are all going to be up there. But yeah, we'll um, see. Big Thief, yeah, etc. But. Uh, round us out, Jay. Give us uh, release radar for this week. So for release radar um, for, uh, I guess it would be June 7th, um, even though on the agenda here I never changed it from May 24th, <laughs> um, which I didn't need to say, right. but I said anyways. Right. Um, Yay Sayer with a new album. Erotic, listen. erotic reruns. Won't listen. Not interested, huh? Nope. Um, the Jonas Brothers. Won't listen. Are coming out with a new album. Um, and so this next one, I'm actually like, I'm, I know you probably won't listen. I'm, I'm semi-interested in this one. Uh, Tim Heidecker of Tim and Eric fame. Oh yeah. 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 He, he's put out albums before. He had one uh, two years ago called in Glendale that, where they're like actually semi-serious. It's not right. like over serious, but they're not comedy albums. Right. They're just songwriter albums. Uh, this album's called what the broken hearted do. And I actually think it has an interesting backstory. So it, the origin evidently was he read a story that that was like erroneous about him getting divorced, mm. and so he wrote an album as if he got divorced. Interesting. And about he wrote a breakup album without breaking up. Wow, that's and like cool. What that would be like. Um, I, I didn't love the first single I heard, which is um, when I get up. But I, I, I mean, like I've I've followed this guy's career. I liked yeah. Tim Heidecker a great deal. Like actually, between Tim and Eric, he's the guy I'm way more right. interested in. Um, and I'm interested in this album. I'll probably check it out and give it a listen. I ended up liking his album a couple of years ago. Yeah. And he works with Jonathan Rado from Foxygen, who produced that Wazeblood right. album. Dude, speaking of Wise Foxygen, Blood. have you, and I haven't looked into it this much, but I've seen headlines. Oh, the have Sam you heard about this fucking thing. lawsuit that's going on? Yeah. Uh, I don't Do know. Do you have any details on that? I only saw that, like, there's, it's like this crazy odyssey. All I know is that so it's Sam France, who's the singer and, like, his one time partner. Yeah. And it's a, who is a touring member of the band. And they are both accusing each other of domestic abuse. Yeah. I didn't yeah. read the whole story. I didn't either. It, it does not Wild sound good. Stuff. It does yeah. not sound good. That Foxygen album this year was not good. Foxygen? Would be such a prime candidate for like a Netflix documentary about like yeah. the rise and fall of like an indie darling. Doesn't it seem like they knew that from the beginning too? Yeah, it's like how they positioned themselves. Yeah, it does. They have a lot of good music, man. Yeah. That's the thing about Foxygen is like I liked Hang a lot last year, um, or two years ago, two years ago whatever yeah, the hell. Jesus. Um, and, but but that album, what is it? We're the ambassadors of peace and love, or whatever. Yeah, it was like a best new music that was like has great songs for, on it. Yeah. And then the one before it, I forget, it has this like kind of cartoon album cover. I ended up listening to that one. I got kind of into them. Yeah. It's good too. Anyways, the last thing I'll say about this Tim Heidecker thing is like he takes influence from songwriters like Harry Nilsson and Randy Newman. Mm, that's cool. Um, and that style of like really, really clean recording, yeah. 70s songwriting. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it a listen. And, you know, I mean, if, I think it's worth at least checking out. That's yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, let me know how it is. Let me know yeah. how you like it. Yeah, for sure. So that was it, it, right? That's okay. the release right now. Cool. Oh, um, I think there's a new Bob Dylan documentary oh, coming sorry. out yeah. on Netflix about that 70s era. So like Desire, Blood on the Tracks, stuff like that. Well, maybe, I don't know. Mm, I'm not sure how much it touches on Blood on the Tracks, but I know it's like that 70s era. Who, of who directed it? Scorsese. Okay, dude, I, I cannot wait for that. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be I think so it comes sick. Out Friday? 
I think. I can't wait. Maybe? I can't wait. Um, And then new episodes of uh, Handmaid's Tale are out. New... Oh, what? There was something else that's like really good that just came out. New TV show. Oh, Black Mirror. New Black Mirror is out. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So a lot of TV. Then you are like, honestly... Of all those things, I need you to watch... Um, High maintenance. Well, yes, but also Joe Para. Okay. Like, you, you'll you fly through it, and, like, you'll really like Is it. Is it on ca- Netflix? Adult Swim. So you just have to get go... Get the Adult Swim app. It's all free. Okay. It's on... What do you have? Amazon? We have the Fire Stick. Fire yeah. Stick. It'll be on... Just search for Adult Swim. Okay. Get the app. Yeah. It's all free. It's on there. I get that. Hour also, and a half, you'll watch I, the whole thing. I gotta finish Barry, too, man. This season was great. I haven't gotten through season one. Barry was great. I'm actually going to go home, do some dishes, and then watch Chernobyl as well. Chernobyl. I want to watch Chernobyl. I have, over the last few weeks, I have, I don't know if you've looked at my pop culture tab. Oh, have you? I'm I'm crushing TV shows lately. I got off TV for a little bit. But like I flew through the new season of Easy on Netflix. I, I heard, just okay. watched Joe Para. So, so did you see the episode that had Mark Maron in it? Yeah, excellent. He said so. He was in like he had a little brief. He's been doing these little things on Instagram. He posts like a minute video where it's just him like being Marin, being like a fucking grump. Yeah, and like talking to his cats and yeah. like t- promoting tour dates. But in one of them, he was like, "Oh yeah, new season of Easy." He was like, I'm in the sixth episode. He's like, it's the best acting I've ever done. I would probably agree. Yeah, it's he's, like he's, really he said he was good. really proud of it's it. It's really good. You can watch those episodes, like most of them on their own. They all sort of relate, but like if you just wanted to watch the Marin episodes, there's one in each season. You said that show is really worth watching, right? Oh, yeah, man. It's like the most real conversation I've seen in TV ever. It's honestly like a heart-to-heart conversation you or I would have or that I've had with other people. What I will say, though, it because of that fact, it can't reach the highs of something like Atlanta or something else that really pushes the medium because it's so rooted in just reality. Sure, It's like, okay, sometimes, I will say, as good as it is and as high as the highs are, there's certain episodes where it's like, this is a little too much. Okay. And I, it's actually like a lot to take. However, it's very, very good. I would recommend watching it. There's so much, man. There's so much to catch up on. Those too much. And podcasts. It's yep. like there's... It's to the point where there's too much shit that I like. Yep. I like too many things now. Yeah. Like, Not to mention, like, the NBA Finals is still going on. You the, know? There's, there's two... I've realized I'm at a point now with, with, with music... Podcasts, movies. Yeah. I haven't seen a movie, and I, I don't even I, know I how long. Either. I haven't either. TV, like, I, there's not even enough time in the day for all the shit no. I like to take in. No, there's not. I you guess it really got to pick and choose because you get to a point where like you, you like a lot of stuff. Yeah, and then I want to be reading books on top of it all. Yeah, man, like, you can't, you can't no. do it on top of like spending time with actual humans. Like, there's only enough time in the day. Yeah, for exactly. for half of that shit. It's true. It's true. Anyways, we will be back uh, sometime in June. I know it's getting busy the rest of this month too, but we'll be back with our favorite albums of the year so far. Yeah. All right. Cool. Bye. Thanks, everyone.
Okay, we're on again, take two. Take two. I lost all of the uh, audio <laughs> of the first time we tried this. No, that's okay. Uh, yeah, I had mentioned I've been starting to watch this new show called Joe Para Talks With You. It's on Adult Swim. They're just 10-minute episodes, but they're very, like, they're funny, they're weird, they're offbeat, but they're very warm and have, like, this really human center to them that, like, really makes me feel shit. And apparently this comedian Joe Para like, embodies this character, like, this soft-spoken old man character at all times. How old is the guy about? Like, 30. Like, in real life. But he moves... He mo- The way he moves is even just, like, an old man. And so he, strange. And he dresses kind of like an old man. And, like, it's just this insane performance and just, like embodiment of this character but like it's also just kind of how he is so i think this guy's like a genius but this show is on another level i highly recommend it he basically just picks different topics each episode and so he lives in the upper peninsula of michigan on lake whatever that great great lake lake is i forget the name erie ontario yeah one of those and uh, like for example the first episode is just about like iron ore found in like this area of Michigan then the next one's about like breakfast and like going to a diner for Saturday breakfast or something and it's like so good though that sounds like pretty cool it's re- it's like fucking weird too like you would be all in on this um it's actually I texted, is it funny it is it's funny but also like heartfelt and like sometimes just not funny which um, I love but it's the most Tim show ever. I texted mm. him about it yesterday. I was just like, you would be all about this show. Tim's got to know. Yeah. So I highly, highly recommend watching this show. Um, you can fly through the entire season in an hour and a half uh, if you want to, but you should watch it. And it's like, it's interesting because I watched some of his stand up and there was a really funny bit about like the Buffalo Bills because I think he's from Buffalo, New York. And he just talks about how. Like, they suck, basically. Yeah. But he is just in this same, like, character the whole time. Right. So it's like this dedication to this, like, thing that... Because you go on his Wikipedia page and there's, like, no details about him. And someone on Reddit was like, I worked on this show. Ask me anything or whatever. And people are like, what is he like? And he's like, exactly what you see in the show. He's like that all the time. So it's like, it's fucking crazy. But he's so likable on the show, too. It's just... So I say this not to be insensitive. It's just to ask the question because it sounds like perhaps this could be a part of it. Is he like on the spectrum or something? Is maybe. It what it like, seems honestly, like? maybe. It, I wouldn't be surprised. But also, it just... It's... You know in The Prestige how... Wait, have you seen The Prestige? Yeah. Okay. Really good. You know how Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman go see that old man? He's like the Asian... Magician, it's yeah, like this thing I at the beginning. So. Yeah, Christian Bale's so. like, he's so dedicated. He's like, he like his life is the act, basically, and right. that's what Christian Bale then embodied. His life is the act. Right. That's like what this is. Yeah. And it's like that's insane. That sounds sort of like uh, Andy Kaufman to me. Yes. Like, yes. Um, did you ever see the Man on the Moon? No, I still haven't. Oh damn, dude! Like. 
it, watch that and watch the documentary Jim and Andy. Yeah. About Jim Carrey portraying Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Because honestly, between those two things, you get a good sense of, of who Andy Kaufman was and what he was all about. You can also like look online and find yeah. his stuff. Um, fascinating stuff. Jim Carrey's um, uh, method acting as Andy Kaufman went so deep. There are even areas that were like borderline unethical. Yeah. I think. Like where he was interacting with Andy Kaufman's family. Whoa. Like and as Andy Kaufman? Yeah. That's so fucking crazy. Not not saying he like... It's weird. Like it's not like anyone in the situation was under any pretense that it right. was him. Of course. But still. But but he was like the family like kind of let themselves buy in because his impression was so good. Jesus. And he was so in it. And he was Whoa. so embodying the character. Yeah. It's, I gotta watch that. It, Jim Carrey has like lost all sense of reality as well, and like I didn't realize until the document it was like because of this. Wow, this was like a huge factor. This seems to happen with people who go like method, very very method. Because um, he said he lost his sense of self, he had to relearn how to be Jim again. That's fucking crazy. Can you imagine? Oh my god! Because you when you think about it, dude, like your personality is a learned thing. That's true. It's some of it's nature, but a lot of it's Fuck. just what you. That's crazy. Learn. Wow. So like, anyway, the, yeah, that that's wild. I highly recommend this show, Joe Para. Um, it's on just the Adult Swim app on whatever streaming device you have, whether it be Roku, Amazon, whatever. Like, Adult Swim has a free app, and it's right there. And now, you can fly through it. Now, Sean, Aerosmith is a band that's always looking to make money. Uh, of course. Um, they should do a show called Joe Perry Rocks With You. You know, something tells me Joe Para Talks With You isn't the biggest moneymaker in the world. So trying to capitalize off of this name uh, might not fill the coffers for Aerosmith. Can you imagine how much less empathy and humanity there would be in the show Joe Perry Rocks With You? It There'd be none of the humanity. Would it be the worst show on TV? Um, well, maybe. Probably. Well, there's a new show that I saw... Uh, preview for called uh, okay you know that show blackish yeah there's a, a show called like mixed ish i think and it's like I, like what but mm. it's it's like the same show but like mixed race okay so i i think it might be better than that one but yeah I, i'm just saying like you know between joe perry when's the last aerosmith album that came out uh yeah i don't know you tell me he must need a paycheck what's his name sober tyler what? perry Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler? Yeah. Is sober? Yeah, I read a, a I feature. I think they all are. In G- I think they all are too. I read a feature in GQ about like artists who like have gone sober and he was a part of it. Because they were like literal junkies in the 70s. Yes. And Steven Tyler died. <laughs> That's like really funny. I was going to say almost died, That's but really he funny. died <laughs> yeah. and was brought back to life. <laughs> That's amazing. It's uh, fucking hilarious. The only other thing I was going to say really quick, I was talking yeah. to you before this, but I've been reading this book. People yes. who know me know that I am a bit of a 9-11 buff from a historical yes. perspective. You want to talk about junkies. This guy, yeah. this guy is 9-11. Well, no, I want to talk about it from a different perspective because like, there's a lot of fun facts I learned. Oh, yeah. Fun facts is the wrong way to yeah. phrase it, but wow. facts, factoids. Yes. Um, but... but I want to talk about the fact that what is the deal with this? Because I feel like I've always felt 
And you are the one I can talk to the most about mm-hmm. 9-11, I think, because you actually are also yeah. interested. Yeah, of course. What happened to me? Why do, am I this interested in it? Because I look around me I, at other people my age. I know exactly what happened. And most people who... So I'm 26. I'll be 27 in a month. So I was like 9 when 9-11 happened. When it happened, I wasn't obsessed with it. It took a couple of years. I saw like a documentary on it like a year later and then two years later. The dog is here. <laughs> She's whining outside the door. I know uh, what happened. Yeah, what happened Here's to the, me here? Because it, it sort of happened to me too, but not as hard as you. One, she can probably hear us. And it's it like, is like, that's yeah. Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think we're both... You know, we're both sensitive guys. Right, Things yeah. impact us emotionally and just in a big impact. way. <laughs> yes, big impact. Yeah. Uh, I think it happened at a time when we were kids where, you know, where our brains are still forming. This big event happens. And consciously, we probably didn't realize how much of an impact it actually had until years later when we maybe went back to it and we're like hey this is like interesting because i remember this happening but it was a big deal but maybe i didn't process it enough at that age and now years later you're now processing it and trying to be like wait why do i feel this way it's because you didn't process it then you weren't able to now the rest of your life and our lives have been like wait how do i wrap my head around this especially you i think who like Something about it, I think, just speaks to you a little bit more. Yeah. Where you're like, I need to... Maybe it's because you watched the, those documentaries a little bit younger. Maybe. Or, you know, whatever it is. But yeah. I think just a combination of how our brains work, sensitivity to those things, you know, young age, not being able to fully process it. I think a combination of all of those is why that is such a touchstone in That makes sense. That makes sense. It, it is weird, though, because sometimes I feel like a... Like, like, truly, like, a weirdo. I mean, I feel that way about a lot of things, actually. Yeah. Because, like, usually, like, the things I like, I'm known as being the person who likes that thing. Right. Because I think I know it a little too much. Or right. I like it a little too right. much. To the point where it's, like, it's, like, strange and even a little annoying to other people. Right. Which is fine. But, that, so anyways, I was just thinking about that. But anyways, the book is called uh, Fall and Rise, The Story of 9-11. It's actually really good, um, and I would recommend checking it out if you like history. Or it's kind of like a mixture of like a really detailed account of the actual day, interspersed with the actual human interest stories, like the mm. people who were on the planes and the people who were, wow. in all the you know all that stuff. So it's it's really good. I'm gonna read it after you. There you go. That, that's very interesting. We'll compare me. notes. Yes, we will. Um, yeah. So I think that's probably it for. Uh, Pre-show, pre-show after show, we can dive in. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, cool. Three, two, one.